Thank you for listening to Overcomers Church International Weekly Message. We pray that you are encouraged and strengthened as you hear the Word of God. Man, praise God. Praise God for the worship team. Amen. If you guys want to be seated for, you know what, actually, just keep playing. It makes it go down smoother. Okay. Yeah, it makes it go down smoother. Spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Amen. So what we're going to do, I'm going to share something for about 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes at the most, and then we're going to go and we're going to go baptize. I think we have three or four people maybe that we're going to baptize at the Super 8. Please, if you can come, please come and join. It's really fun. It's really cool. And um, it's just a really awesome, powerful time of people really dedicating themselves to the Lord. But I want to share for just a few moments about baptism. You all doing all right? Amen. Aren't you glad you came today? Thank you, Lord. I love family. This is family stuff today. I love family stuff. And you know, really the family stuff is the Lord's business. He loves families. He's always been interested in families more than anything else. And as a matter of fact, whenever he told Abraham, he said that through you, all the churches of the earth will be blessed, right? No. He said through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. God's always had it in his heart for families to be, to be blessed and to be a blessing. And uh, you guys are very much so that. Um, turn with me to Romans chapter 6. And I was trying to think about how I could condense very quickly teaching on baptism. And I, I had this thought this morning that I, we really need to have a baptism class where we teach people about baptism before they go and get baptized. And so this is going to be uh, baptism 101 and a very, very uh, quick thing here. And baptism is one of those things that has been really misunderstood for a lot of years. And because religion has really messed it up, and I'm not saying I have a full grasp on it, but let me just tell you just very quickly what it means to baptize. The word baptize is the Greek word baptizo, and it means to immerse. And so people from all kinds of different denominations say, well, what, what does it look like to baptize? And I was baptized as a, as a baby. Should I be baptized now, well, the deal is, is that baptism doesn't have any effect scripturally and doesn't have any benefit or even any reason behind it unless you've already made a decision for the Lord. Because baptism is about you and I identifying with the new life that we have in Christ. It's also, and we've heard it said that it's an outward sign of an inward you know, expression, and that also was true. I believe that. But when you're going down in the waters of baptisms, yes, power, baby. Thank you, Jesus. And the new facility that's coming, we will not have that problem ever again. It is not power. It's power, but it's the electric power. Anyways, if I don't, sometimes if I don't stop, I'll talk, and everybody's looking at the lights. So I might as well just stop and enjoy the lights flickering with you so we can get back on track. Baptism is about you and I identifying with the new life that we have in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 6, it says here in Romans 6 and verse 1, and really I wish I could read all of chapter 5 as well to really paint the picture, but chapter 5 just talks about the insufficiency of the old man, the insufficiency of the law. And then actually let's look here in verse 21 of chapter 5. It says, so that, sin, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life 
through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so it's talking about the difference between the righteousness that we have in him versus the old sin nature and the death that came through what Adam did. What Jesus did was abundantly greater than what Adam did. Can I get a big amen? And so he talks about this to the point that it could ask someone, oh, so what are you saying that we should just go on living in sin? And so it says here in verse 1 of chapter 6, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And the answer is certainly not. In some translations say, God forbid. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? You need to understand this about water baptism, that it is a picture of the real baptism that took place when you got born again. Water baptism does not cause you to be saved. You cannot be saved if you get water baptized, but you haven't given your life to Christ. Water baptism doesn't save you. Amen. It's very important that you understand that. Water baptism doesn't keep you saved. I had somebody one time that came into my house right after Liz and I got married, and she hadn't been baptized yet, and you know, whatever, we just didn't think or know much back then. And so they tried to talk to us about two acts of grace that would cause you to go to heaven. And they tried to convince Liz, and this was one of her family members, otherwise I'd have straightened them out quicker. But anyways, they tried to convince Liz that if she had died, that she would have gone to hell because she hadn't been water baptized. You need to understand something. Water baptism is a picture. It's a type it's something for us to relate to, just like with communion. You can technically be healed without taking communion. But when you take communion, you're attaching your faith to something that you can identify with what Jesus has done. Well, when you're water baptized, you're identifying with your new life in Christ, and you're not identifying with the old man who should be dead and buried. And so I, before that person left our house, I straightened him out and I said, absolutely not. You are totally wrong. And we've heard this said before, and it's a good picture. The man that was next to Jesus, the thief on the cross, they did not pull him down and baptize him and put him back up on the cross so that he could go to heaven, right? Jesus said, this day you'll be with me in paradise. Why? Because, because salvation has to do with faith in Christ. It doesn't have to do with whether you're baptized or not. But baptism is something that we're told to do so that we can identify with the life that we have in him. So let's continue reading. So again in verse 3 it says, Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. For, for if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Let me read that again. For if, everybody say if. If we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. A lot of times people wonder why when they get saved and they think that their life is going to be better, better it continues to be rotten. And it's because they were, they were only in the likeness of his resurrection, or they tried to be, but they were never in the likeness of his death. And when you look at the picture of what Jesus, him dying, what he did was he took all of the sin of the world and it was placed on him. And he took that sin and was dead and was buried to where the, that sin and all the nastiness stayed down. And then he was risen again in newness of life. So for us being baptized into him, 
we should not only be risen in his newness of life, but before we do that, it says, if we've been united together in the likeness of his death, then we're risen in the newness of life. A lot of people, they skip the death part and they want to go straight through the resurrection part, but you have, you can't resurrect unless you've been dead first. So people get saved and I believe that they're saved, but they wonder why things aren't working for them. It's because they're still hanging on to the old man who's dead and nasty and stinky, but they didn't bury him. You need to bury the old man because the life that you have in Christ is what you're supposed to identify with. And baptism is a picture that when you go down, it's not that you're perfect. Nobody's perfect in terms of their actions. It's not that you do everything perfect, but it's that when you're buried, that picture is when you're buried with in baptism. Thank you, Jesus. I know this is tough, but I'm almost done. That when you go down, the old man stays down and you now recognize and identify with the new life you have in Christ. Does that make sense? Amen. So what needs to happen is that when we go down in the waters of baptism and we come up, it's not a magical thing that happens, but it's that we're making a decision. We're making a choice that I'm not going to identify with the old man. I'm going to identify with the new life that I have in Christ. Repentance, repentance always must precede baptism. This is why it doesn't do any good to baptize babies. If you go and read, I believe it's in Acts chapter 3, somewhere around there, that they repented and then they were baptized, right? So repentance has to come first. But know this about repentance. Repentance is a one-time decision, but it is a continual act. I made a decision years ago, years ago to repent of who I used to be because I couldn't save myself and put my trust in the Lord. But I live a repented lifestyle. Sometime in this last year, I made a mistake. I don't remember when it was exactly, but sometime I made a mistake. <laughs> Probably in the last 24 hours, okay? We miss it. But I don't just say, ah, I was forgiven, which I was forgiven, past, present, and future tense. But I don't just say I was forgiven. I take that before the Lord because I don't want to carry around the old dead nasty stuff. And I take it and I say, Jesus, I don't want to have anything to do with that because it doesn't reflect the new life that I have in Christ. I want it to stay dead and buried and have nothing to do with the life that I now have in you. This is how powerful baptism is. This is the picture. So it's not about just understanding the grace that's been given to us, but it's walking in the grace that's been given to us. Let's go on and read here for a moment. So it says in verse 6, it says, Knowing this, that the old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. This was confusing to me for a long time because, and we've heard people say, whenever they make a mistake, they say, well, that's the old man. No, 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 no. The old man was dead and buried. What we have now is we have residue from the old man. We have wrong thinking. This is why we have to renew and train our minds by the Spirit of God according to the Word of God to think and act like Christ and who He really is. So you have to recognize that, that the Lord, He took care of the old. See, people say that the Lord will forgive you of your sins, plural, and He does forgive you of your sins. I'm not saying that. But the whole deal about the new, the new birth is that he, he paid for the sin nature. So the nature inside of you now is no longer a sin nature. 
It's a righteous nature. You have, if you've been born again, you have a nature in you that's made in the likeness and the image of God. It is right with God, and the nature that's in you is right. Amen. So we don't really have a nature problem. We have an understanding of what nature we have problem. Because if you understand what you have and your relationship you have with Christ and the fact that that old man does not have authority over you, that the devil does not have a right to come in and make you do all the stuff that you used to do. He didn't have a right to do that. When you see that, you recognize that, you can start operating from that place of righteousness and you'll produce righteousness out in your life. Can I get an amen? It says in verse 7, For he who has died has been freed from sin. So you are free from sin, but if you're still struggling with sin, it's just because you don't know you're free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Christ, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he lived, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lust. And do not present yourselves members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present or yield yourself to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. This is all about making a decision to act on what you put your faith in at one point in your life. And water baptism is saying, I'm acting in faith knowing that God paid the price for me, that I was dead and I was buried with him, and my life now belongs to Christ. So what this looks like is that you don't get to be Lord over your life anymore. People need to move. The church needs to shift from seeing him just as a savior to seeing him as Lord. Because when you see him only as savior, you just see him as the one that has saved you but not the one necessarily that you live for. You say, well, I thought I was a son and a daughter. I'm, not, I'm no servant or slave. You're both. There's lots of pictures of who you are in Christ. You are a son and daughter. You're loved no matter what you do. God loves you. That's what the picture of, of, of a father and, and a child. You know, no matter what goofy things my kids do, I will always love them. Always. No matter what they do, I'll always love them. And they're always welcome in my home. I say that, but I've met some people that I, and I've had to tell them, you need to kick your kid out of your home. But anyways, but my heart would be there. You understand what I'm saying? But you know, there's a difference between God loving us like that and us coming to him and saying, Lord, I am your servant. You are my master and I will do anything that you want to do. Todd White said one of the most profound things one time, probably said it multiple times, but I heard him say this. He said that one of the greatest travesties in the body of Christ is that people that give their heart to the Lord, but they don't give their life to the Lord. It, discipleship, Christianity, it's not about just getting saved so you don't go to hell and go to heaven, although that's a good reason to be saved. That's not the picture that the Lord's painting. He's called us to be disciples. And a disciple is someone who not only follows but continues to learn. And the, one of the main messages that Jesus taught and would say often is that if you want to find your life, you have to lose it. And he gave this picture that freaked everybody out one time. He said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you'll have no part of me. 
And the people thought he was talking about cannibalism, and they all turned and they walked, they walked away. If you didn't have understanding, you would think, man, this guy's a nut job. And then he turned to the disciples. He said, y'all going to leave me too? But he was trying to get people to understand, look, you have, to, you have to take all of me. You have to be that dedicated and devoted. That's what a life in Christ looks like. It's not one foot in and one foot out. And I've heard a lot of my grace brothers and sisters who preach grace, 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 grace. And I'm really, I'm one of them. I love the grace of God. It's so set me free. They feel like this is legalistic. Oh, well, come on now. You know, God loves you no matter what. I'm not questioning God's love for you, but what I am questioning is your love for God and our love for God. Are we really committed to him? The early church was committed to to him so much. It says that they, they overcame by the blood by the, uh, the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and because they loved not their lives all the way to the point of death. I can't say that about, about most westernized Christians. They don't love their, their selves all the way to the point of, I'll lay down my life. Because a lot of people, not you all because you're here, but a lot of people say, I'll die for Jesus, but they won't come to church. Anyways, thank you, Jesus. Sorry, that was the wrong thing to say. But come on now. How many times have we heard people say, I'm speaking the truth. How many times have we heard people say, oh man, I've laid down my life for the Lord, but they won't do just the simple things that the Lord says, just spend time with me, just worship with me, just read my word. That, a lot of people don't do that stuff. It really shows where their commitment level is at. I'm glad we got the music playing in the background because again, medicine. Spoonful of sugar makes it go down easy. God hasn't called us to raise up a bunch of people to come and sit in the church to sing some songs and go home and just be happy and merry on about their way and say, yeah, I go to that church over there. It's great. He's called us to be disciples, followers of him, our lives totally committed to him, buried with him in baptism, saying, I don't want any part of the old man. I don't want any part of my flesh. I don't want any part of the kingdom of darkness. I want to be totally sold out to the kingdom of light. I'm not going to yield my members. I'm not going to yield my body. And I'm not going to yield my soul, my mind, will, and emotions. I'm not going to yield that to the kingdom of darkness anymore. I'm not going to yield it to the lusts of the flesh. I'm going to yield myself completely over on the Lord because he truly is the one that I've been buried with. I've I've been baptized into his death. And I want the resurrection of life. so I'm not going to carry the old man around with me anymore because he's dead and buried and gone. Amen. So here's what we're going to do with that note, on that note, in power and victory. If you need to be baptized, either because you've never been baptized, and man, we can, we've had, we usually do this and we'll have three or four sign up and then we dunk like a bunch. So it's really powerful. If you need, and, I, and there's all kinds of religious stuff and we just have our own way of doing things. And I've had people say, well, a child can't be baptized until they're nine. Look, if a little kid comes up and says, I want to be baptized. What a picture. I mean, what a great thing to be able. And you go, well, I don't know if they understood. Listen, nobody understands fully everything. Amen. So we've got all these different rules about baptizing or not. If someone says, I want to be baptized because I want to follow Jesus, I'm going to trust that you've been moved by the power of God and you want to devote, dedicate, commit your life 100% to him and you can be baptized today as well. Amen. Either way, let's do it. Let's do it in faith. Let's rally around the ones who are being baptized. Let's pull them in and believe that they are 
committed to their life in Christ. And it's not about living at some level, but it's just about helping people grow from where they're at to where the Lord wants them to be. Amen. Thank you for listening to the weekly message. To find out more about Overcomers Church International and to hear more messages like this one, please visit our website at ociperryville.com.